Good morning. I am so appreciative of that song. <clears throat> it is one of my favorites. And Andre Crouch has written numerous songs, but that is my favorite that he has uh, done for me. <clears throat> it is good to see those who have been absent, Sherry, Cindy, Brother Brad, you're walking miracles and we're thankful for it. I don't know if you heard, Gloria. You're not in trouble. Um, you picked on one of my favorite songs. And I'm so glad you didn't sing it, not that you couldn't, but I'd be a mess up here. I just want to read some of the words. This isn't part of my message, but may I get through it? How can I say thanks for the things you've done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory for the things he has done. With his blood he saved me, with his power he raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that's in control in this church. Well, yesterday morning, I was just enjoying life. Wasn't it a beautiful day? <clears throat> and I was sitting there working on my devotion, and then I was going to finish off my message. Had such a great intro. I don't mean that in a proud way. It just was. It was very exciting. The message was very uplifting, as far as I was concerned. And along about 10, 10.30, God, in the loving way he does, said, scrap it. I'm sorry, I'm not Dean. I'm not. Are you sure, Lord? Which part? Right? Scrap it. So here we are today, and I'm fairly confident that this is the message God wants us to hear because it was as far as the east from the west where I was headed. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been a blessing, but I really believe that this is what God wants us to hear this morning, first and foremost, me. And in the way of the new intro, what do, question, Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham and Sarah, Joseph and his brothers, Samson, Ruth, King David, King Hezekiah, 
King Manasseh, King Josiah, Job, Ezekiel, Daniel, Malachi, Matthew the tax collector, Mary the mother of Jesus, Luke the physician, the apostle Peter, the apostle Paul, blind Bartimaeus, the woman at the well, John the Baptist, Cornelius the centurion, Priscilla and Aquila, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Jude, Adel and Sylvia, Dean, Sonny, Ray and Teresa, Brian and Gloria, Kelsey Collins, I've got your attention, don't I? <laughs> Kelsey Collins, Mike and Ginny, Rajiv Nicholas, Gilbert and Jean, Steve and Jennifer, Alexander Souza, looking worried, Sally Randall, Jim Welsh. What do they all have in common? I hear whispers. Somebody said they're saved. That's true. Anything else? Sinners. Well, you all qualify me too for that. I mean, why else would we be here? But true. Children of God. Servants of the Lord. They were all friends of God. And you know, all those things are true. But you know what else they were? Big dog. Big dog. They were all forgiven. You know, when we think of the gospel and we pray for those that have not yet accepted him, we pray for their salvation genuinely, as we should. We think of the grace, we think of the mercy, we think of prayer. But I think one of the core elements of salvation that sometimes is missed a little is forgiveness. Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you now for this time. We just ask now that you be with us. I pray my words would be your words. My thoughts, your thoughts. You know everyone here. You know what we need. I'm thankful you intervened in my, my morning yesterday. I'm thankful to be able to give this message in you, Lord Jesus, and in your power and in your strength. 
We just ask now that you bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. For my text this morning, I've chosen, excuse me, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 103, starting in verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the title of the message in all simplicity. And yet, like I said, it's, it's so at the core of our belief system. It's so a much a part of our daily lives. And it's sadly sometimes what stops a person from coming to know Christ. Definition of forgiveness, to grant pardon or remission of an offense or a debt, to absolve, to give up all claim, remit a debt or obligation, to grant pardon to a person, to cease to feel resentment, to forgive one's enemies. I think to understand true forgiveness, we must have experienced forgiveness ourselves. Isn't that right? And we must have experienced it from our Lord Jesus Christ. For to truly forgive, we need to have been forgiven. So many people say it in today's world. They don't mean it. Sometimes it's peace at any price, so they go along with it. But in him, we can be right and we can be peaceful when the slate is clean. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a promise. 
what a verse of encouragement. There's nothing quite like it, is there? When we clean the slate with the Lord and all of a sudden we have that peace again and there's relief, isn't there? Question sometimes comes up, why should I or why should we forgive? In the simplest of terms, God requires it. In the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6.12, he puts it this way. And forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Paul says in Ephesians something that really goes to the core of our beliefs and our walk on a daily basis with our Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians, starting in chapter 30, <clears throat> sometimes we as believers, as hard as it is to believe, we sometimes forget that the Spirit of God is in us. Always. Never departs. Hears all. Experiences all. Sees all. Knows all. Do not grieve the Spirit of God. Because that's the start. When we've done that, we become callous. We become hard. We become indifferent. We've lost the joy of our salvation. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That day when we got saved. That day when those burdens, those sins, the penalty, everything rolled away. The Spirit of God was in us. What a great day that was. And let all bitterness and anger and wrath and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ has also forgiven us. Pretty much the basis for our daily walk, isn't it? And yet how often does this get blurred? How often does tempers flare? Anger, resentment, and if we're not careful, a root of bitterness will start to grow in us. And it's not good. It just isn't good. A quote on this very, very series of scriptures. How can we gain a forgiving heart only by going to the cross and there seeing how much our Lord has forgiven us and at what cost? Then we shall see 
that the utmost we are called to forgive compared to what we have been forgiven is a very little thing. Doesn't really at all. Let us hold on to anything. Pursue anything. And yet it happens. Again, how do we forgive? Again, to truly be able to forgive someone in sincerity with genuine love, we need the help of God. We need the Spirit of God to be in control. And when He is, how easy it is to forgive and to forget. And here comes the prophetic part I talked about earlier. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8. You saw the little pl- one of the little plaques that uh, Ed and Vicky were given. It's a great refresher on how we should be exhibiting God's love in our life. This is what, when people who are lost and discouraged and need help and, and are looking everywhere and anywhere... When we exhibit these verses, this is where people reach out in their horrific lives sometimes, in their their helpless lives, their hopeless lives, when they see this. Because this is the core of what God is really all about. And that's what we have in us. So only when we're born again, only when we're truly saved, can we exhibit these verses. Love is patient. Love is kind. And is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Love does not take into an account a wrong suffered. Oh, that's tough sometimes. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Again, that's God's love. Remember, it is only available to the redeemed. It's not because we're proud. It's not because we're haughty at all. By God's mercies, when we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, when we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, plus nothing. And there's where you can throw all the cults out. Because there's always a plus. When in all simplicity we look to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, confess our sins, accept his free gift, then we become born again and the Spirit of God comes to dwell in us 
And these verses can start to happen because love, God's love, in the Greek agape love, is only from God, is only available from God. As hard as the unsaved can try to be loving and kind, it won't be this love. Because for man, in his present state, it is impossible to do. Sometimes to try and mimic, it won't last. It's hard enough for us. We got to make sure we're right with God. But when the believer has this, oh, what an attraction comes our way from those who are hopeless and lost and downtrodden. In Psalm 103, verses 11 and 12 from the text, it's so amazing. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. I don't know if you've ever done this. Every once in a while, the thought goes back to what a rotten person I was. Okay? But I'm having that experience by myself. God's not involved. You know why? Because it's gone. It's under the blood. It has disappeared from the annals of God through the power of Jesus Christ and his shed blood for us. They're gone. All he cares about is how we walk every day. How we touch lives for his honor and his glory. Sometimes for the unsaved, they have a hard time even understanding how they can be forgiven. I'll give you one of the most horrific examples, and it's even hard for me, because I have a problem when children are involved in anything. I personally believe they should all get the death penalty. I don't think they should get a chance to be in jail. You hurt a child. You're done. They're innocent. It's our job to take care of them and love them and care for them and protect them. And yesterday or the day before, a very cruel, evil, and wicked man hurt a two-year-old to the point where he died. That cuts me to the quick. I have anger, and I believe it's righteous anger against that man. And he will have to pay for his consequences as everybody does when we do wrong. God doesn't erase consequences, but he does forgive. And that man, I don't think is going to see the daylight for a long, long time. And I don't give him much, much hope in jail unless they keep him isolated because prisoners have families and have children. They don't like those people. But he can seek and ask forgiveness for even that from God. Has to pay the consequences, but is possibly be forgiven for that. But I'll tell you, for those struggling that don't yet know them, that think there's something in their past that's just too much, that, that just, that can't be overcome. 
You just don't know what I've done. I tell you, doubt and guilt are cruel taskmasters, and they will hold you in the clutches. Sometimes you have to ask those you're praying for, you have to ask yourself, do they even care to be saved? Are they even willing to be saved? To be forgiven? And they may not. And so do we just cross them off our list? No. We continue to pray for them. I'm telling you, for a long, long time, my mom didn't want to have anything to do with God. She made it clear very early in our Christian walk between my sister and I. And uh, I made the mistake one day of telling her, well, Mom, let's talk about you and God. And she looks me in the eye and she says, you ever bring that subject up again, I will put one right in your face. I said, okay. But in her 89th year, she turned to Christ. Prayers over 40 years. So don't give up on people. Though they're not ready to be forgiven. But as the power of prayer takes place in people's lives, they see that everything this present world has to offer isn't worth it. It just isn't. Believe me, I know I was involved in a lot of stuff, saw a lot of stuff, went a lot of places. Nothing has value, long-lasting, outside of Christ. And we live in a world that has thrown everything at us day in and day out. Through the internet, through the TV, through movies, through everything that we see and look, it's just out there. Well, it must, I, I got to at least experience it. I got to at least taste it before Christ. I got, it'll do no good. You will not get satisfied from any of it. It will not have the effect you're looking for. The spirit of darkness and wickedness are simply the enemies of truth and forgiveness. They'll figure out a way to convince you, don't do this. Hang on to what you believe in. Just because they say it doesn't mean they're right. But Christ is right. Christ is the only way. And through a personal relationship with him. Christ's blood is the essence of forgiveness. There is no forgiveness without the remission of sin. And for that to happen, we need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. When should we forgive? Anytime. Anytime. Remember in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as Christ 
or God in Christ has also forgiven you. He is God. We're just sinners. We've done a number of wrong things. We've, we're just piled on the sins. He is holy. He is perfect. He is righteous. He is everything good. We aren't. And yet he forgave us. He forgave us. How do we, as sinners saved by grace, sometimes struggle with forgiving? You have to look and see, who are we? What level are we on that we don't have to do what God did for us and we're a bunch of nobodies? But now we're a bunch of nobodies saved by grace and we become somebodies in his life. We're very precious to the Lord. I'm going to share something with you because be very, very, very careful about not forgiving because at its essence is pride and arrogance and bitterness is in there. Don't ever let it happen to you. Years ago, I had a situation that was appalling. Uh, it was a great shock and disgrace. And I got very angry with somebody. And for what had taken place. And I just X'd that person out. That was it. I was done. But you see, the good news is, Christ wasn't done. And I'm here to tell you that that time, from when I X'd that person out of my life, it took a toll on my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it was a while, several years, I believe. And I'm sure there were messages and I'm sure there were things that were speaking to me, only I wasn't listening. It's a dangerous place to end up. And then one day, he just intervened in my life. He got me in a corner, and he broke me. And I asked his forgiveness. And I said, from now on, every day, I will pray for that person. And I started that day praying for that person. And the very next day, at Sylvia and Adel's door, there came a knock. And there he was. It was somebody else. They had been praying. I hadn't. But the minute God intervened in my life, they were so worried to tell me that that person showed up that when they phoned, they said, okay, now you just sit down. We need to discuss something. Because they came back in a spirit of repentance and remorse, seeking forgiveness for what had taken place. And they were worried that I wouldn't take a look at this guy. And as they were trying to soft coat it, tell me to take it easy, I said, it's okay. 
Yesterday, God dealt with me. And I, I don't remember where I was or what territory I was driving in, but I just turned around right then and there, and I headed. And it was a good day. It was a day of beautiful reconciliation. And I'm happy that I have a wonderful relationship with my brother now. But God had to deal with me. Please, don't hold grudges. Please, don't be bitter and angry over something. It's just not worth it. And who are we in a life with Christ? Do evil people have to pay for their consequences? Yes, they do. People break the law, they have to take care of that. But that doesn't absolve us for praying for people we know. Doesn't justify what they've done, maybe, in your life or mine. But we need to pray for them. We need to ask God to forgive them, intervene in their life. In ending, I just want to have everybody, your eyes closed and your heads bowed. I'm going to read this words to a song that's near and dear to my life. I sing it a lot at home. Nobody's around or in my car or in the shower. So no worries. But here it goes. It's title, many of you are familiar with it, at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned, then I trembled at the law I'd spurned till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this time. We thank you for this message on forgiveness. Help us, Lord, to always keep the slate with you first and foremost clean. Lead, live, and have clean lives for your honor and glory. Never let the wicked one ever put a wedge between us and you. Help us to always pray for those that we know, help us to forgive, but not just forgive, Lord. In the spirit of, of you, Lord Jesus, forgive and forsake. 
We thank you now and we praise you that you had mercy on us, that you intervened in our lives, that you told us our sins were forgiven and you gave us eternal life. You gave us that wonderful eternal hope that one day we will see you face to face. We're so very, very thankful in Jesus' name. Amen.